But um, I am 18 years old. I just moved down to Florida this week. So um, my life has been a little bit crazy as of recently. But basically, um, do you kind of want me to just give my background story? Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Okay. Awesome. So um, when I was 15, I was diagnosed with anorexia and what is called orthorexia. So it's um, excessive exercise, restrictive eating. So um, I kind of struggled with that for about two years. And then once I kind of got into the right mindset, which took a lot of support, a lot of just pushing myself, um, I decided that when I recovered, I wanted to make an impact on other people's lives. And so I started to share my story on my Instagram, which is kind of crazy because I did not think that it would take off. It was more of just like a food diary. And then um, all of a sudden, people started following me and started uh, like sharing their stories with me and how I could help them. Then I got into personal training um, just this last year, and now I'm pursuing that as my job. So it's kind of helping people who are in the same situation as me and, of course, people who have other goals that are related to fitness as well. So. Okay, so I, w- I want to know about that anorexia. How did that, how was that like situation and everything? Like, how'd you get out of that? So, definitely. So, it was a really, it was so hard because I was right in the middle of high school. So, um, I lost a lot of my friends. I didn't go out in public because a lot of being in high school is like, okay, let's mm-hmm. go get, like, half-price apps or something like that. And you don't want to do that. So, you just kind of lock yourself in your room. Lost a lot of my friends. Um, and then I, I was like, when I started my Instagram, I started following other people um, who were in similar situations. And then I kind of looked towards them, like, oh, my gosh, they can do this. Like, they're gaining weight, and they don't, you know, feel bad about themselves. And then um, I wasn't really supposed to be working out, and I was doing it, like, behind people's backs and just doing it, and it was just prolonging the situation. And when I finally gave it up, and my one friend introduced me to uh, weightlifting after I started to eat more, which I did by myself, basically just looking at other people's Instagrams. Cause I tried, um, you know, I tried therapy. I tried going to nutritionists and in my opinion, um, they don't want to help you. They just want your money. So I just took the initiative and did it myself. And then my friend introduced me to weightlifting and I started making like the gains, like the muscle gains, <laughs> the muscular gains, as well as like fat gains. So, um, I mean, you have to gain fat as well as muscle. And when I realized that and I started to appreciate my body, people started complimenting me more. Um, I started getting my friends back. Then I realized, like, okay, like, recovery is so much better than just, like, making yourself miserable living in a world of, like, isolation. So, What was the motivation for that? Were you just, like, I don't want to eat? Or is that how, – how did that work exactly? So because I had a mild form of orthorexia – I hated my body being skinny. Um, a lot of girls think they look fat. I never thought that I looked fat. When I got down to my lowest weight, which was like 86 pounds, um, I hated my body. I didn't like the way it looked at all. I thought I was too skinny, but I just couldn't let myself eat. Like, I just didn't. I thought that if I would eat, I would just get, like, fat. And all I wanted to do was put muscle on. Because while social media helped me and you have those influencers who are all about self-love, you also have those girls who are, like, super muscular bodybuilders. And I was like... That's what I want to look like. And I thought in order to do that, you just have to eat protein and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And now I just love all the carbs. So. And so what made you want to start, like, what, like, how did you get so, uh, not famous, but like, you know, more in touch with your audience and stuff? And cause I see that you have a lot of stuff on there, like kind of motivation. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I think um, you just have to provide value, and that's all I really out to do with my Instagram. I never intended on it blowing up. I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not yeah. super famous or anything, but my followers do engage with me a lot um, compared to some accounts who have this similar amount of followers or the same amount. Um, I think it's just a matter of like being organic and genuine. Like If you actually want to help people and you, can have, a, you have a story that they can relate to, then they're going to follow you and they're going to keep um, engaging with you and commenting on your pictures and liking your pictures because they feel like they kind of know you and that's like when I created my YouTube mm-hmm. people like know you it's weird like they come up to you and they like say things to you that that you say on your YouTube channel and you're like ew like how do you know my life like that but you put it out there right so yeah I, I don't know I feel like that's that's kind of scary to me because like 
you know my yeah. thoughts. You know, you know what I'm thinking. Like, you know, exactly right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, funny though, because even even other Instagrammers I follow, like I met Taylor Chamberlain, and like I watch her videos, and she has like a dog. So I was like, oh, how Zoe when I met her. Like you just can't help it because you feel like you know their life. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I met a few YouTubers one time that I really liked, and it was just so weird because like I watch your videos and I know who you are, so it's like right. I can't. I can't. Yeah, like I met. I went to Body Power. Met like Connor Murphy and Max Tuning, and I was like these guys are hilarious. Like I watched their YouTube videos and then I like met them in real life. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I feel like I know them already. Yeah. It's, Crazy. It's, it's strange. And it's weird because they don't know you. So it's like this <laughs> right. aw awkward kind of right. situation. And you're like, exactly. uh, yeah. Oh, Hey, do you remember that video? I love that video. And then you start talking about their right. lives, especially with vloggers. It's like, I think it's yeah. the biggest one. Especially exactly. they just vlog all the time and you're like, I, I know your daily life. I know your dog's name. I know your cat's name. I know every, yeah, right. every animal that yeah. you have. And it's like, oh, that's strange. Yeah, right. Yeah. But what made you start doing YouTube? Like, were you just like, oh, cool. YouTube's, we're just watching. So, um, I watch a lot of YouTubers myself doing like cardio in the gym or anything like that. And when I was on my Instagram, I was like, okay, kind of want to be able to, oh, I got a lot of the same questions over and over again. And I'd answer them in my DMs because I work, try to reply to all of my DMs. So I would answer them. And I was like, you know what, instead of like just repeating myself a million times and people ask me what I eat in a day and, um, you know, what my workouts are, why don't I just go to YouTube and make a video answering these questions? And every time someone DMs me, I can kind of just refer them over to it. So that's what I did, and um, now every time someone asks me, you know, can I have, like, a lower ab workout or a bicep, bi what's your workout split, like, something like that, I'll just be like, check out my YouTube because I have a video on it, and um, I think it's just a way better way to, provo to provide value to people, so answer questions especially, but also people want to know what your life is like. Um, a lot of my Instagram uh, followers were like, can you make a YouTube channel, and I was like, well, I shall give the people what they want. So, I made a YouTube channel. That's that's great. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not um, Are you an active sorry, YouTube? YouTube? Do you actively? That's what I was gonna say. Okay. I try to upload once a week, but um, now that I'm that's not going to school and I'm gonna be working, um, it's actually gonna be easier for me because I'll have mm -hmm. more free time. Um, and it's I can do more of like day in the life type stuff because I'm not gonna just be like, oh, I'm at school, I can't vlog. I'm actually going to be going around adult and doing things that, you know, people want to see or that I can help people with as well. So, oh, that would be cool, neat. I think vlogging is one yeah, of the best definitely. things to do, especially yeah. daily vlogging. It's like, uh, but you got to make your life exciting, oh, which I feel like. I know, a, right? There's very few people that I can think of that, uh, you know, I'm like, they're the best vloggers, you know. And I know. you got to make it interesting. And then, you know, I see some, and I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. And then, you know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then really editing all that footage, it's like, oh, I can't. Oh, tell me about it. I, I need can't. to get myself a MacBook so I could do that. That's what, that's what I'm right now. <laughs> yeah, yes. right now it's, it's hard. But, I mean, like, you have to find time for things that you want to do. So you just have to prioritize. How do, you, how do you time manage everything? Like, what's kind of your well, routine? Here's the thing. Um, my recent situation, so I'm 18 years old. I turned 19 in two days. But um, I'm 18 right now, and I just decided that I school wasn't for me. Like, I went to a year of college. Um, I was at my local community college. I was absolutely sick of sitting in class. Making, I was making client plans in class, um, planning my training schedules in class, managing online clients. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my life, so why am I sitting here doing this? So I just moved down to Florida because my sister lives in Orlando because I was like, you know what, if I keep, I lived up in Pennsylvania and I just, I really don't like it there. And I was like, why am I living a life that I don't like? So I'm going to go do what I want to do. So I moved down to Florida. I moved in with my sister just two days ago, actually. And um, now it's just a matter of doing the things that I love. So I make time for it. So in the morning I get up at around 5.30 because my circadian rhythm hates me. And then I go to the gym because that's the time that I have. And then now I'll be working from a set amount of time to a set amount of time. I'll come home. Um, 
and then basically just get into a routine. That's what it's all about, prioritizing. I'll meal prep twice a week um, at night before I go to bed just so that I can stay in my, you know, like in my groove with my eating and my diet. And it's just basically a matter of making it a routine. For me, I don't really need motivation, like ex- um, external motivation, because it's just something I love to, like I genuinely love to do it. So it just comes kind of from like my passions. Okay, okay. How important is your sleep? Like, how much do you get and stuff like that? My sleep is so important to me. Um, I do get a decent amount of sleep. Um, You could literally call me a grandma and I wouldn't be mad because I'll probably be in bed by 10 o'clock every night. And no matter what time I go to bed, though, um, I wake up at like 5.36 every day. So So I get about like... So no alarm, nothing. uh, Oh, seven to eight hours. Nope. No alarm. So you... It's, na- it's a natural yep. cycle. Okay, that's good. It, yep, it's just a natural. It's just, it's just like I said, it's like a routine I've gotten into. So my body's pretty used to it. But it's been like that ever since. Because especially now that I was on prep, um, you know, you're hungry all the time. So at night, you're like, okay, I'm so hungry. I don't know what to do with myself. I was going to bed at like 9 o'clock, waking up at like 5.30, excited for breakfast. Like, it's almost that. But um now that I'm I'm in my off season, I decided I wasn't going to do the show that I planned on doing in June, um, late June, just for my body's sake, um, for my career's sake, and just mentally, I just didn't want to do it. So um, now I'm kind of getting more, and I like today I woke up 20 minutes later than I did yesterday. So hopefully I get into a cycle where I can wake up at normal people time. So so you want to wake up like seven-ish or eight-ish? Is that like? Eight. eight. It would be like eight o'clock would be like ideal, and go to bed at like twelve or something rather than grandma mm. style. But you know, yeah, I think that's. I think that would be the best. I don't know. Right. I I agree. So, like, have you ever had like sleep deprivation, kind of, or no? So when I was in the thick of my eating disorder, um, sleep sleeping is just extremely hard uh like i said it's almost the same it's, it's synonymous with prep um being on competition prep you're not eating so your body is essentially failing and you cannot sleep i had insomnia um i would definitely say i had insomnia i was like waking up at like three in the morning i also used to wake up at the crack of dawn to wake um to work out because that was the only time that i had that no one would catch me if i did so so you would work out in the middle of the night? It would be like, I'd wake up at like 5 in the morning because I was still in high school at the time and I'd have to be at school by like 7.30. So I'd wake up, um, do like a 45-minute really high-intensity cardio um, style interval training. Mm-hmm. And then I would get ready for school and I'd go to school because that was the only time. It's just, it's like a mental thing. Like you're so sick that you don't even, you don't really realize what you're doing to yourself. You just kind of... Or like I don't I just need to burn calories. I just need to burn calories. So you do whatever it takes. So how was like the family aspect of like how, did they try to help you or wasn't it was it Okay, was... so I probably have I'm so lucky. I probably have like the most supportive family in the world. Um but I was so manipulative when I had my eating disorder like it's unreal that amount of like lying that you do just to get your way um, or like not to eat or to get out of eating. And so I caused so much stress on just everyone around me, even my friends too. And like, obviously you feel bad, but you just don't care because you're so selfish in that situation. Um, And it's just really, it's really an awful situation to be in. But um, my family is like, so like my parents are so supportive. So, um, they definitely pull, helped pull me out. Mm-hmm. So. And once you got pulled out, you st- what what happened? You start you start competing. Is that what you wanted to do? Is that no? So I always did want to compete, but I have been recovered for a year and a half. So I made sure that my mindset was just like so, like it wouldn't even think about going back to that. Um, and a lot of people were very, very nervous for me when I went into competition prep because they thought afterwards I wouldn't be eating um, or that you binge. Sometimes you binge mm-hmm. after you're done with a show. But luckily, I have been blessed with an amazing coach who has helped me through competition prep. And I would say if you are co- recovering from an eating disorder, it is so essential to have a coach. 
you don't want to be coaching yourself because you'll second get everything. Because in the beginning, I didn't have a coach and I was under eating. And when I got with my coach, he's like, girl, you're 12 weeks out. Why are you eating 100 carbs? And I was like, you're so right. So um, definitely important to have a coach, someone who's knowledgeable, because while I am a personal trainer, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritional specialist. So, that's, that's what I always say because everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what to do. I know this. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much into diets and this and that and the words that I can't even explain, scientific words. So it gets all like. Yeah, and it's just my coach is very educated. He also, like me, uh, stopped going to school at 19, but he has done nothing but educate himself since, and that's what I plan on doing. Um, he owns his own gym and everything like that. So he's very up on supplements, um, you know, like even like vitamin, nutrition, everything, everything. So, and that's what bothers me a lot about the industry. uh, There's so many girls who take advantage of girls in recovery, um, offering them coaching. Like when I was in recovery, I was like, I, I reached out to a girl and I was like, can you help me out with like a diet plan or like something that like, what do you eat? That's when I went to YouTube and started watching full days of eating of people who were recovering, and that helped me a lot, too. But this girl is trying to charge me, like, $200 for a meal plan, and I was like, you should be genuinely wanting to help people. Like, if someone ever comes to me on my Instagram, I'm not going to charge them to, you know, help them out with what they could be eating because they don't know that's just being manipulative. So it's just that's the one thing I think is wrong with the industry yeah yeah I feel like that's that's also a really bad thing because you know they're char- they're overcharging I mean like if it was a reasonable price or you know maybe you gave a discount to a certain person or something but you're charging two hundred dollars and that's just yeah. and there some of them are like four week plans or three week plans and you're like yeah yeah that's not enough for them to get back where they want to be or like where yeah they or even they'll do like a, a macro consultation like I don't know. If you ask me, I think someone in the beginning of recovery should not be on macros or tracking because when I did that, I was so restrictive. I mean, if it works for you, go ahead. But for me, it was more intuitive eating and just like and just incorporating things more into your diet because like you don't eat. I didn't eat like dairy. I didn't. I stopped eating meat. Tried to do the whole vegan thing. Um, so when you reintroduce those into your diet, it, it kills your digestive system. Um, so you have to do it like slowly. And I think intuitive eating is so much better than just kind of restricting yourself with counting calories and macros. Mm-hmm. So how, when you went vegan, what was your experience with that? Because I think everyone's is different. So I did it for like, the thing was in my, in with when I had my eating disorder, I would eat. I wasn't completely like anorexic to the point where I wouldn't eat at all. I'd maybe eat like 1,200 calories a day and I only wanted to eat protein and like uh, things that had fiber. So like mm-hmm. vegetables, um, oatmeal but I wouldn't eat any other carb that I literally eat chicken and broccoli for every meal and so when I kind of like tried the whole vegan thing out I was eating like that's like corn chicken and just like those really weird meats that they sell at the grocery store and I couldn't I didn't last doing it I didn't last because I was eating so much like Greek yogurt and protein powder um and then when that went away I was like eh what am I gonna really eat now um and of course like my parents um realized what I was doing and um, how I was taking like almost everything out of my diet to the point where I was just eating vegetables and you really can't live off of that Um, and they stopped buying those things for me which honestly so much because if not I probably would have stayed in that situation so okay yeah I had a similar experience I got kind of sick it's not it's not I don't know if it's for everyone I don't think there's any diet plan for everyone so it's like yeah. There's no universal one size fits all, and it, yeah, everyone, no. everyone tries to uh, sell me on the vegan thing, and I'm like, uh, it doesn't no. work. You know, it might have worked for you, but for me, it's not. Yeah. You know, and then if you're doing it for if you're doing it for the the reasons behind it, the ethics behind it, I'm so for that. But if you're doing it for restriction, I don't think that it's a good idea at all. Yeah, I think the ethics is the real big thing that everyone does it mm-hmm. for. And then, there's, yeah. you know, there's some people like, you know, us, would we would just do it just to, as a health kind of thing, just to try yeah. it. So have you yeah, tried so. other stuff or is there like keto diets or whatever else? Um, the only other thing I've done, which was during my competition prep, is carb cycling, which worked very well for me when I was cutting weight. Um because that allows you to so basically it's 
you cut back on your carbs for a few days and then you'll have a refeed day. But on that refeed day, my coach was like, just eat a lot of carbs. And so nothing was off limits. I went to IHOP almost like every time and got some pancakes or something like that. So it's nice because you don't restrict yourself. I mean, for those two or three days, you're restricting yourself. But I'm also lucky because I have a very fast metabolism. I'm only 18 on when I was on prep. So I was able to eat a lot of things that most girls can't. But um, my coach did not, because of my background, did not limit anything. I was still eating, like, Lenny and Larry's cookies and, like, lots of oatmeal, lots of sweet potatoes, rice, things that girls cut out on prep. So, so what, what, what is cutting weight like? Like, how, oh, man. How, when do, you're how does it, it go? Like, yeah. So when I did it for prep, because I knew I was doing it for that goal, like, that end goal to step on stage – um, I was in a lot healthier mindset and I didn't mind doing it, but by the end of my prep and even now, because I only competed two weeks ago, um, I was like, man, like I'm just so small. Like I can't wait to put weight back on, which is a good mindset to have after bouncing back from an eating disorder, of course. But when you're like that thin, you're like, oh, like it almost in, in a way it almost reminded me of some of the things you do on prep are, are, like I said, synonymous with an eating disorder because you're doing lots of cardio, um, you're not eating as much, but you're also replenishing your body with other things like vitamins, mineral, like all the, the fish oils, the multivitamins, the digestive enzymes that you take, like everything. Um, and there's it's only for a short amount of time, whereas I was restricting myself with my eating disorder for over a year. So... so- so like when you cut weight, is it not, is it, are you losing just like, do you have to make a certain weight or is it like, how's that Yeah. Work? So me and my coach didn't, I didn't get weight every week for my prep. A lot of girls do. Um, we were very loose with my prep. So I just um, went off of progress pictures. And so each week I would send my check-ins to my coach on Sundays and He'd basically judge on if it was going to be a high-carb day or a low-carb day and how many carbs I was get that week. My proteins and fats stayed the same um, pretty much throughout my prep. So he judged off of what my body looked like rather than how much I weighed. Um, but obviously, I did lose a total of seven pounds on my prep, which most girls do a lot more. But I think in the beginning of my prep, we kind of bulked into it. So I put a little bit of muscle on um, and then cut back down and my body just looked completely different than when I had cut down with my eating disorder as compared to when I had cut down from my prep because I had a lot more muscle on my body obviously after a year of lifting and you get those new beginner gains when you first start lifting you put on I put on like 25 pounds right away and I would say like within that year I put on like 12 or 13 pounds of muscle so and how how, like when you're cutting and everything do you did you feel good or was it dry did you feel drained (sighs) Man, um, by, so I always hit my lifts in the morning. They're like an hour and 20 minutes. And then I do, was doing about 20 to 30 minutes of cardio a day. So by the end of the night, um, by the end of the night, or not even the night, by like 2.30, I was just dead. Like I was completely dead. Um, and I wouldn't really want to do much besides just like sit and your body just kind of like shuts down. But then I would have a refeed day every like three days and um which a refeed is just when you increase your carbs so i'd be eating 100 carbs a day and i went up to 300 carbs on my refeed day and that would like spill over to the next like day or two and i would feel okay but then after that you know you go back to depleting and there was a week where i just ate 100 carbs every day and um i just felt like crap i just felt so bad and that was my peak week the beginning of my peak week for my competition prep it was like when I had my eating disorder I couldn't I didn't want to finish my cardio I didn't want to do any of it but I knew I had to to bring my best package to the stage whereas when I had my eating disorder it was like you have to because you're gonna look like crap and you're gonna feel like crap if you don't burn all these calories so so were you nervous at all like this was your first competition right oh my gosh I was so nervous because I'm 18 and I was doing a national qualifier my Mm -hmm. show is a huge show on the east coast um, I did NPC Lehigh Valley, which is where I just moved from. Um, my family still Ill. my family still lives back in Pennsylvania, my, um, except for my sister who lives here in Orlando with me. But um, oh man, I was so nervous. Oh my god, I had so many people who doubted me because I was so young. 
but um, an awesome posing coach, and I had a great coach, um, diet coach as well. So when I stepped on stage, I was so confident. Um, I made a YouTube video about it too, my show day experience, but I was just really confident because I knew I had given everything to my prep. I felt so good when I woke up on the day of my competition. Um, my coach let me go smash some IHOP right before so I could come in nice and cut and, and everything. So I felt really good. And I was just, I was so nervous because the, like I asked the girls who were standing next to me in front of me and behind me, how old are you? Uh-huh. One girl's like, I'm 23. The other girl's like, I'm 28. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, these girls have so many years of lifting on me. But, um, essentially what it comes down to with a competition is how you look when you're cut and, um, what the judges want that day. And then also your stage presence. And I think my stage presence is what my, my posing coach told me is what really did it for me. Um, because I just love being on stage so much. Um, the feeling just, I had a lot of my followers come out to support me. So it felt so, so good, um, stepping on stage and I didn't care what place I got. I just went out there for fun and I ended up um, getting first call outs for all three of my classes, placing third in novice and fourth in open. So, so are you, are you, are you planning on keeping, keeping this going or you want to try some yeah, other stuff? So I, um, I wanted to compete on June 24th, um, in Clearwater beach, Florida, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. Um, but obviously I have just made a move down from Pennsylvania to Florida to pursue the career that I want. Um, I also have Lauren Kickner um, from England coming, who I met at Body Power this weekend. Um, and, of course, I'm here with my family. My birthday is on Friday. And I was like, you know what? I just want to enjoy myself. I wanted to do this um, competition because it's the last year that I compete in a teenage category. Um, and then I was like, this show is not a national qualifier. It's a very small show. I don't know why. I didn't really know why I wanted to do it, besides the fact that I wanted to show up some... 16 year old and I was like why am I doing this it just doesn't make sense so I was like um why don't I wait till next year and they have the Orlando Europa and I'll still be 19 and I can compete in that and as a whole year to build muscle and right now my coach really didn't want me to do this show in June because it's just going to ruin my metabolism more and more so it'll just give me more time to build it up and build it up and it was just better for my mindset to not compete again this year um for the sake of just enjoying myself and for my body, especially, is what it really comes down to. Um, but next year, I will be back on stage. I can't wait to have a good improvement season, though. I'm going to just put in a lot of effort in the gym. I won't be lifting every day. I'm going to be taking rest days so that way I can put on more mass. Um, I'm going to be eating a lot of food because I love food. I just moved to Orlando, which is like foodie central, mm-hmm. and I am such a foodie, so... Okay, okay. Let's talk more about food here because what, what do you yeah. like? What, what What is your, you know, oh my. You like, okay. we got to have this, you know? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so I love American food. So mm-hmm. after my prep, when you're on prep, you can't eat a lot. So I just wanted everything, things that I didn't even like before. But now I love American food and, and Thai food is my favorite. So I'm actually going to get Thai tonight for my birthday dinner with my family. Um, we're celebrating early because my mom leaves back for Pennsylvania. So um, I love Thai food. I could eat anything Thai. Um, I love like chicken tenders and sweet potato fries and all those kinds of foods, not burgers. I'm not a burger or pizza Mm -hmm. person though, which is weird because most bodybuilders are. Um, But I have a huge, disgustingly huge sweet tooth. Take me to IHOP for any meal of the day and I will pound down some pancakes because I just love that's just what I love. So those are like my treat foods, but I have a very balanced diet. Um, I do count my macros. So I kind of do, if it fits your macros, um, some days I'll do more of an intuitive style right today. And yesterday I didn't count because I decided I wasn't going to compete as of yesterday. And I just want to kind of, you know, have a free mindset, um, which I think is so important. So throughout the day, I'm typically eating like sweet potatoes, rice, chicken, tilapia, vegetables. And then at night I might make like I love like protein waffles. I make a lot with, with my protein powders. But at night, I might have like a bowl of ice cream to balance it out. Or I'll go out with a friend and we'll go get like an insomnia cookie or a donut or something like that. But I think having a balance is so essential. That's, okay, so like 
how uh, have you ever had Mexican food or like stuff like that? Ooh. Um, like I could go off about food. So I love. I used to work at Chipotle as a teenager. So I used to get Chipotle every single day that I worked, which is in the bulk of my mm-hmm. eating disorder, believe it or not. But I would just get lettuce and chicken. So it was kind of like, is she really indulging in that Chipotle? Like, girl, yeah. come on. There's like, so, I would be like, chicken, this and that. It would be great. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm like, let me get a burrito double wrap with some rice. No, I wish I did that. But no, I, I don't go to Chipotle that often or I don't get Mexican that often because there was a year and a half straight where I ate it every day and I just got sick of it. Uh-huh. But I do, I do love like guacamole, salsa. Um, Italian food is good. I'm not a big pizza eater, but I could put some pasta, pasta. down. Oh, yes. Pasta. And then uh, I love anything ice cream and cake and cookie. Okay. So, Favorite type of but, ice cream. All right. So there's this place back home in Pennsylvania called King Cone. And they have, it's called Grand Slam Ice Cream. And it is graham cracker flavored ice cream with graham cracker chunks, chocolate, and marshmallow. And it is just a s'more in ice cream. But it's just so good. So It sounds great. You see how passionate I am about food? Uh-huh. What, what, what about candy bars? I don't think most people like candy bars. I'm not a candy bar person. But... Oh, man. So I could eat a Reese's any day. Oh, Anything yes. with peanut butter. Pe- peanut butter is the best. See, so the thing that comes along with social media is obviously brands want you to represent them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of brands send me things. So I have a lot of, like, protein bars, a lot of, like, more of, like, the artificial protein type things, which I don't put off limits. I absolutely love them. People are, Some people are like, no, I can't do those. I would rather eat whole foods, which you typically should. But one a day is not going to kill you. So I get, like, the cookies, like the, you know, the protein cookies, all that kind of stuff. And that's what I love to eat. Um, usually, like, at night I'll have, like, a bean cookie or a bar or throughout the day whenever I'm just on the go. So I do eat those a lot. But I have so much peanut butter and almond butter. Uh-huh. Like, ridiculous flavors that I absolutely love. And I put it on everything. <laughs> Literally I, I, everything. I think peanut butter is, like, the superfood of superfoods. Because, like, you can put it in anything. You can put it in smoothies. You can put it in protein powder. You can put it in this. You can put it on your waffles. I like it on my waffles. Exactly. That's what I do. I put it in, I just put it on everything. Like, English muffins in the morning. Um, oatmeal. Smoothies. Mm-hmm. Just, just everything. It's my life. Rice cakes, especially. And there's so many types of peanut butter. It's like it's like when I go yeah. in there, you would, you would be amazed. I have 18 jars in my in my apartment right now. I have like Snickerdoodle. I have like uh, coconut almond butter, chocolate, white chocolate. It's it's ridiculous the amount that I have. Mm-hmm. But if that is honestly, if anybody listens to this and they're in recovery, let me just tell you that peanut butter saved my life. <laughs> Because I put it on everything. I would eat, because I, I was so deprived of fats, because I literally just ate meat and vegetables so that I didn't have any fats in my diet whatsoever. And peanut butter was that fat for me. It, I just, I like avocados, you know, I like, didn't really want to like use oils because I'd rather eat my calories and like cook in my calories. Um, and I'm still that way. I'd rather eat something than like drink it or cook in it. So, I would just down peanut butter on the daily, like maybe six or seven tablespoons a day just to get in extra calories. Yeah, yeah. I always think that's the, the, the best thing to do if you need need something on something. Just put peanut butter on it. Put peanut butter on it. That's always the answer, always. I don't, I don't, I don't really like peanut butter as much as, like, I love peanut butter. But it's just like yeah. having it every time. It's just like, oh, okay. And then you're right. like, I'm out of peanut butter, and I gotta go get more peanut butter. And it's like, uh. yeah. So then I finally got like this jug, like this big, so it's gonna last at least a few months. Because then I, it's just, I don't know. I love all types of peanut butter. I like Nutella though. Yeah. Nutella is my, my favorite. Okay, all right. I could go there with some Nutella, some cookie butter. Yeah. Just anything. It's all these things that I restricted myself from for so long that in reintroducing them just made me like such a happy person. Oh, uh, that feeling of like once you're yeah. you're off of all that stuff and just like you get to eat what yeah. you want and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like using all like the zero calorie syrups and like all that stuff that's just like, why am I doing this to myself? 
and then you finally eat what you want and you're like oh yes finally so do you just drink water or like what how let's talk about drinks now like okay um i drink coffee i'll put some almond or i use cashew milk typically i'll drink cashew milk obviously on prep those were things that i just avoided because i was trying to cut carbs but now that i'm off of prep i've been using uh cashew milk a lot um I typically, I don't drink soda. I will drink, like, those flavored waters and stuff, but um, I am still trying to live a healthy lifestyle. So I do drink, like, a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day, um, but I never drink my calories. I don't drink. I know I'm not old enough to drink, but it is perfectly, it's easy to say, and it's true to say that people my age drink. They go out, they drink alcohol. Um, they go to parties, they drink. This is one thing that I don't do. I know I have very lenient parents. I'm not saying that they approve of it by any means, but I could easily go behind the back and do it um, because kids do it, and that's just a fact. But I will never, ever – I just don't want to pursue that lifestyle. I've seen too many people go down the wrong path with it, um, and it's just not something I enjoy. So I don't think that doing anything like that um, will ever be part of my lifestyle especially because I'm not old enough anyway, so I would never really approve of it. Yeah, yeah. How'd you, how'd you, how did you avoid all that? I mean, there's always pressure, especially in high school. Uh, where Yeah, um, I'm very, I feel like I'm very mature for my age, um, especially moving out at 18, uh, doing, doing the things I love, starting my career at such a young age, that um, a lot of my friends who are my age didn't even invite me to parties at that point because they knew I wasn't going to drink. So that did hurt a little bit um but a lot of my friends are older but they just don't drink because a lot of my friends are in the industry i meet them i meet my friends in the gym believe it or not half of my friends are from instagram and social media um that i've met so they don't drink because they're living the same lifestyle as me and those friends of mine who do drink they are completely with me going with them and just having a good time i still know how to have a good time i just you know they just respect my decision and those are the kind of friends that you need so how how is it in that kind of lifestyle with all these people? You know, social media. Because I'm not I'm not in it because yeah, I don't want to be deep. Because then all you meet is yeah, those people. Yeah, no. yeah. So how's that? How's that? Um, I'm not gonna lie. It was at first it was scary. I was 18 years old and I decided to go to the Arnold Fit Expo and I was staying in a house with nine people that I had never met in my life before, but had seen on Instagram and watched their YouTube channels. And when I met them, like we talked about before, I knew them already. I knew their personalities. I knew what they ate in a day because I'd watched their full days of eating. I, you know, it, it's crazy to think about. But then when I started meeting these people, they're just so loving and they're so supportive and they're so caring and they just have the same interests as you that um, it just makes you so happy. Like it, you, they preach the same things that you preach. They want the best for everyone. They're so genuine. Um, and it's amazing. I still don't think I'm up there in the industry. I mean, I know I have a, a pretty decent sized following, but I still look up to people in the industry mm -hmm. um, who are a lot bigger than me when I go to expos. Um, they do they do talk to me differently than they would talk to like a fan, but um, I still consider myself a fan. So yeah, yeah, it's you know. it's you know I don't I don't know if that really changes how you feel about those people, especially when you feel like you're connected. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it never changes really. Cause you're like, no, oh. it, it really doesn't. You just feel like, but it's great. It, it's great. Like it's, it's great because you know that they have the same interests as you and that they want to do the same things as you. And they always have this really ambitious, like motivational, just like drive and just mindset. And I think it's awesome because those are the people you want to surround yourself with people who are going to make you better as a person. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I like all that stuff, but then I'm like I'm one of those people that are just like I like podcasting and doing all this because I, ca I ca I'm not I'm not I'm not limited because you know I have guests from doctors to you know fit like you know you Instagram and it's just like oh my gosh I get to talk to different people and then I you mm -hmm. know DJs I met this DJ she she oh, her story one of one of her stories was like so cool it was like um she uh. She did uh, for the Arnold's, and she's also done Arnold's. Uh, she's Arnold's DJ, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so it's like hearing her stories, like wow. And I, I hear so many, 
and now it's just like I, it's it, it, it kind of hurts me because it's like I can't remember everyone's name, so it's like oh yeah, my, right. I'm like yeah. oh, and I'm I know that I know you, but I just can't like remember. And the thing is, though, you're pursuing what you love to do, and I think as long as you're doing that and it's making you happy, then that's it. That's all you want to keep doing. I mean, I, I'm a fitness Instagrammer and YouTuber. You're a podcaster, but we might be completely different, but we both have a passion for something, and I think that's that's what's awesome. Because once you find your passion and once you find what you want to do in life, like you're just, I think, genuinely a happier person. Like, after dropping out of high, of, of college, right? I finished high school. I, I have just decided this. I mean, I'm, I've still, I'm still kind of in a trial period with my job. I can always go back in the fall. I haven't let my school yet, let, I haven't let my school know yet. But, um, I'm doing what I love and I'm happy. I don't care how much money I make. I really don't. Um, as long as I'm doing what makes me happy, then whatever, man, you know? So, so how how was that like? You know, you were in college. What were you were you studying, or were you just doing whatever? Yeah. So let me tell you, I am not going to sit here and brag about myself. But when I was in high school, I was a straight A student. I finished high school with a GPA of a four point three in a class of a thousand kids, and I was the top ten percent. Right. Okay. I went to community college for free because I got into the honors program just this last year. I stayed home because I was still. <coughs> Um, I didn't go away to school. I don't think it was the best decision for me. And I also wanted to save some money. Um, I stayed home and it was the best decision I ever made because I was able to grow my Instagram, which I didn't intend to do, but I was able to engage more with my followers and just do more things for my own business that I created, um, personal training. And I did well this last year. I was studying dietetics. Um, I went to community college that didn't have the major. So essentially what they told me was, oh, well, we're going to give you anatomy first, but I originally needed to take chemistry first, so I was going to be a year and a half behind. And I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, I'm not going to go to school for an extra year and a half to two years because you screwed up my schedule. So I changed my major because I got my personal training certification, and I absolutely adore training. I have never loved something so much in my life. Like I just genuinely love personal training. And so I was like, I'm going to go get an exercise science degree instead. And I switched my major, but it was too late in the semester. So I just had to finish taking these classes that I just did not want to take. I was taking like women's studies, sociology, philosophy, because it was required by my honors program. Uh And I was like, why am I sitting in these classes that I hate? So I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to look for jobs. And I kind of just did it for the the heck of it. I was like, I'm going to just look and see. My sister lives in Orlando. Let's apply to some gyms down there. And then when these gyms saw, like, my social media and they saw, um, you know, how passionate I was about fitness on my YouTube, they offered me jobs. And they're, like, bachelor-required jobs. Like, some of these jobs, like, people who are so over-certified for take. And they offered it to me, and I was like, why me? Like, I just don't get that. Like, why me? And then I realized, you know what? Like, I guess they understand how much of a love I have for this. I think that outweighs any anything, honestly. Um, if you genuinely want to help people and you could provide value to them, I mean, of course, it's something like my field. I think if you want to be like a doctor or a lawyer or... Yeah, the, yeah I was about to say that, yeah. Those are the only school. things. Yeah. Please go to school. I'm just saying it's not for me. And I know it's not for me. So I'm going to be successful because I'm going to make myself successful. And that's what you have to do. You just have to have a mindset. Some people need school because if they don't have that degree or that education, then they won't really do much with themselves. But I know that I won't let myself fail. Um, And so I'm still going to get more education. I have my NASM, um, National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, certification for training. I'm going to get two more, and I'm going to get nutritional specialization and exercise corrective um, training. Because it's still important to have that knowledge and that education. I just don't want to do it in a setting that limits me or that I feel restricted in, um, which is how I felt at college. So um, I would definitely say chase your dreams, but uh, stay in school. Stay in school. (laughs) I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here and Mm -hmm. say that um, stay in school is for everyone, blah, blah, blah. It's not for everyone. You can be successful without it, and I've seen it 
millions of times, literally millions of times. My clothing sponsor, um, he makes a great amount of money, can provide for himself and his family, and he dropped out of college his freshman year. So it's just a matter of creating that future for yourself. Um, but if you want to go and do a profession, please, please stay in school. <laughs> of course, we need doctors. I need, yeah, yeah doctors. Yes, doctors we need are those important. nurses, those doctors. We need all those professions. Um, it's just not for me. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's something that you know, parents, family, just drills into everyone. Go to college. Go to college. Yeah, and I was sitting. You know what made me realize? I was sitting in my sociology class, and my teacher was straight up just like, "You need education. You need college." And I was like, "But why?" And then like she tried to list all these answers for me. I'm like, mm, "It's not sparking. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. It's like I don't feel like that." So. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, when I got this job, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go back. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand why a lot of you know professors and stuff that just want you to stay in school, school, school. I think it's just the cultural mentality. I think a lot of it has. It's 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 a cultural thing. Um, a lot of other countries don't have that mentality. Um, of course, those are countries that are typically under, like, don't have the privileges that we have. But I wouldn't even call education a privilege anymore because, um, and I don't want to get political here or anything, but I wouldn't call it a privilege anymore because you're paying a ridiculous amount of money to go to school and you're coming out with all this debt and and a lot of people don't find jobs Mm -hmm. um, out of school. So Yeah, I I always, you know, every time you talk to someone like that and you're like, you know, you're like sixty seventy thousand dollars in a hole and yeah. and uh, i have a friend who's two hundred thousand dollars in a hole it's like you gotta you know how are you gonna take this on you you're gonna be like serving this for life this is a life sentence if you don't do anything like it just doesn't make any sense to me and it's like you and some of the stuff is like when you go to school and you do two years and you're in debt and i'm like okay well you just you didn't even finish that doesn't make any sense to me yeah you know, but yeah, I mean, it's all motivational. I think it's all intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter of making the right decision, and uh, that's why I went to community college. I think that's a great decision for people who um, don't want to accumulate the debt or as much debt. Um, but you know, to each their own. To each their own. I like, I like the quote. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I love it, but yeah, I think it's a good thing to do. But you know. If Are you, you find you another study anything in school? Uh, well, I, I switched around a lot, but it okay. was, it was like, I, <laughs> it's a funny story. I started off with computer science, and I went to physics, and I went to, <laughs> to, the, and then now it's just like I, I, I'm not really a set person. I like doing so many things. That's the problem with me. Like, yeah, I don't like, like I love fitness and all that stuff and everything like that. And then, but I also like science, and then I also like this. So it's like. The problem with what I what I like is just like there's so many topics and I can't I can't fill my time with all those topics because I like yeah. watching. YouTube. I think when you find that when you find that niche is like you know right like you just know like when I started personal training I was like this is my life this is I don't care how much money I make I just want to do this and when you find that just roll with it just absolutely just. Put your everything into it, and yeah, I think that's the problem. People don't try, like you know, you yeah. if they just think about it and they don't really try it. And I'm like, try it. That's try the thing. It I was like, I was so skeptical about moving. Like, can you imagine, like, moving out at 18? Like, do you have enough money saved? Do you have enough income? Um, is the job that you're going to get going to be there forever? And it's like, you know what? I just have to try it. And you know, it's been two days, and I'm already like. No, I already know. Like this is this is it. Like this is what I'm doing with my life. So, and then you know, I love science, so it just I can't stop talking about that. Especially, yeah. it's just like you know, I was like you know talking to someone like a couple of days ago, and I was telling them, oh, did you know that there's this thing called CRISPR? It's a it's a gene therapy where you can edit your genes and you know stuff like that. They do it to animals right now. They they have some physical trials. So like say. You wanted to get rid of Alzheimer's. You would just change the genetic code, and you would do this and that. You could also—they do it with fish. So some fish glow, right? So some fishes yeah. glow. So then you just turn off the gene, the certain genetic code, 
you turn that off and it won't glow anymore so you can fix all that stuff with that the problem is you know human trials are not the people don't yeah. want to do human trials that's just yeah issue. and uh but right now they've done they've stopped people from smoking with nicotine they've turned on oh, the, wow. res, the receptors the the feeling that you get from nicotine so you don't get that that feeling anymore okay you can quit yeah. cold turkey. Say you smoked your whole life. Neurotransmitters, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So say say you quit, quit all. I forget what is it. Norther something. I always get confused with those. But uh, those neurotransmitters. Norepinephrine. Yeah, norepinephrine. It turns it off. So yeah. once it turns off, you can smoke and then for like twenty years and then turn it off, and you'll you won't have any side effects at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like the future. And then yeah. I I start going that's into. Cool self-driving cars and stuff and i'm like that's oh semi-automatic and all that oh my gosh it's crazy the things that they're coming up with but you know just a niche if you like it then you like it so it's just like oh okay yeah but then i I don't have a niche i don't have any niche like it's that's the issue i have i don't i don't i don't i love talking to people about this and that but then i also like yeah like you know this and that and then it's just like ooh. I can't talk about all these topics. And then, you know, and then, like, sometimes I want to talk about something. Then some people are not interested in science or they're not interested in math. Like, I, if I talk math to someone, it's like, they're just like, uh, their head starts. Oh, my starts. gosh, that would be me. Me, I'm like, <laughs> oh, did you know why calculus was invented? And I start explaining stuff. <laughs> and then they'll be yeah. like, no, no, don't, don't, I don't care. And I'm like, okay, what do you like? Oh, we, let's talk UFC. You like UFC? I like watching fights. So then we talk about that. Or we talk yeah. about something else, but it's always changing. You have to have a, you have to have a wide variety and and uh, a spectrum of knowledge, I think, because you're talking to people from all different backgrounds. So, I then sometimes you know. I feel really ignorant when I talk to someone that knows everything, and I'm like, oh. yeah, but I mean, at least you're showing interest, so that's always good. I try to engage sometimes, and it's like I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> what does Definitely. that mean? And then I no, that's good though. And then expanding my vocabulary is really hard. It's like, what did you say? Okay, I know what that word means. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brandon. Well, I do have to head to work soon, but um, I'm really glad you gave me the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, it was great talking to you, too. You as well. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye.